Today is Thursday, March 9th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. How the media squashed the lab leak theory. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. It's Friday, Junior, and joining me as always to get through the news of the cray as we do each and every day. Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. What's going on, fellas? Happy Friday, Junior. I'm I'm ready for the weekend, but also excited to live out the rest of this week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the week is just flying by. Flying by. All right. What do we have coming up on the focus story today? So we're going to talk about a Disney star. He's actually in a Disney Plus series, the high school musical, the musical, the series. The longest, most ridiculous title of a show, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with the story. It's about his conversion, a pretty sudden conversion to Christianity and what he's been saying since then. So we'll, we'll dive into some of that. All right. Looking forward to that. And on the main thing, uh, we are going to dive into this COVID lab leak theory. If you remember, you were shunned. You could get banned from social media. You were called a conspiracy theorist. If you even brought this up, that it was possible that in the Wuhan lab there of coronavirus research that maybe this coronavirus leaked from there, but you couldn't say that. Well, now people are coming around. So how did this all happen? How did the media, you know, the arc on it? uh, CBN's Dale Hurd has details on that for today's main thing but first we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds and there was a hearing that started yesterday on those origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and representative Raul Ruiz he said that Nicholas Wade who's a science reporter who wrote extensively about the lab leak theory in Wuhan China uh, he'd also written a book in 2014 that Ruiz said was, quote, applauded by white supremacists. So essentially he was trying to call and dismiss uh, Wade's expertise by calling him a racist. Wade responded by calling the attacks a, quote, distraction. And as I mentioned here just a second ago, Dale Hurd's got more on the media, the lab leak origin theory uh, coming up on today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done that already. Parts of Northern California are... Uh, going viral for these shocking amounts of snow. These videos are going around social media seeing absurd levels of snow being plowed up in the mountain regions. And now officials are warning that residents need to prepare for another storm. This time it's rain, heavy rains forecast, and the combination of that plus the snow melt could cause severe flooding. And TikTok's access controls on U.S. user data are weaker than the company says. Let me put on my shocked face for that one. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, this revelation here from uh, TikTok, where essentially what they are saying and what Hallie found out was that the company that runs TikTok that's been trying to say, oh, no, 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 don't worry about China. We've got this under control. Apparently, they don't. I mean, is anyone shocked by this? Apparently, they're relying on technology that's controlled by the Chinese government and there could be back doors in there and they don't know for sure if the data is safe. So not exactly shocked by this. But again, so many people are using TikTok that I, I, I just don't know that you can get people off of this social media. I mean, I've always known the Chinese Communist Party to be honest, loving, caring <laughs> yeah. and really looking out for the well-being of other humans. So I'm, I'm shocked that they would be manipulating or potentially using this sort of technology. I don't know who 
I don't know why everybody trusts TikTok and is okay with it. I think a lot of people are wondering, well, what's the harm? What's the big deal? But I don't know. There's just something about it that makes me uncomfortable. And here's the deal. If we do decide to ban it, I think you're right, Dan. People are going to have a total meltdown because they spent half their yeah. day on it. Well, yeah, it's not just that people have spent half their day on it. It's that people have made careers out of it, right? Yeah. There are people who are now famous solely because of TikTok. TikTok like, there yeah. are sing- like Katie Nicole, actually, she's a Christian singer. She first got uh, any sort of traction and was, was discovered by a recording studio because of a TikTok she posted. So, yeah, it would certainly be, it would upend, I think, the way that we interact socially and the way that even careers are made um for this younger generation should we should we end up banning tiktok and i'm i'm kind of on the fence about it i go back and forth like i've downloaded it and then deleted it and re-downloaded it um but i i don't know i'm kind of of the mind china's gonna get what china wants to get (laughs) and i don't know that my meager decision to not have an app on my phone is gonna make a difference but i also am sympathetic to the concerns because they are legitimate yeah no and uh i just I don't get uh, social media. All it is essentially all these different things that pop up TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. It's it's the same thing with just a slightly different variation. I don't understand how people keep falling for this stuff. I'm like, oh, now I can do a 10 second video. Oh, look at this new app over here where you do a 30 second video and you can put music on it. Like, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing with a slightly different variation. And they, we just keep falling for it over and over and over again. And um, now you have countries like China using it for to for their advantage. And I, I don't know. I just picture the people in China, officials, like going, how can we get our stuff in every single home in America? And they're just coming up with ideas. And someone's like, hey, what if we do a TikTok thing? <laughs> it's just, and it works. Like You couldn't yeah. make this stuff up, but it is... Yeah, on the one hand, it seems harmless. That's why so many people do it. But then we just don't know the extent of the damages. I mean, like to your point, you've got reels, which is part of Instagram. Like, why is this a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 don't I have know. tried to understand well, TikTok. And- I mean, reels, sorry, reels were like it, it were created because of TikTok, right? Well, I mean, it was. Point, though. We have an out. Why are we, <laughs> right. we actually have an out? Just make a, a real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just make my case for me, Trey. We don't need TikTok anyway. Right. I'm I think all the now, I now. think all the other social media networks should just start saying, "Hey, make a real, and your data won't go to China, and right. you won't be aiding and abetting the Chinese communist government." It won't go to China. It'll just go to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> right. Just go to Zuckerberg. I guess it's pick your eh, it's, it's pick your poison. The, the lesser of two evils. There. Moving on. Dot com. Let's head on to our focus story here. And we have a Disney star who's speaking out about his Christian faith. This is something that you're not going to see every day. A Disney star talking. I mean, that, you talk about bravery these days. I'm going to argue that this is this is arguably one of the more brave things you can do is be an open Christian at Disney. So what's he saying and who is it? Yeah, this is an interesting story. Uh, so Joshua Bassett is his name. Uh, he made the comments uh, actually this past weekend while he was accepting the prize for a favorite male TV star at a kids uh, of a kids show uh, during the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. Uh, so when he got up on the stage, he credited his fans, his castmates, the crew, obviously all of the, the kind of necessary people that you credit. Uh, and then he said, I'd love to thank my savior, Jesus Christ, which certainly is something that takes, like you said, Dan, a lot of bravery and you could almost sense a little bit of 
anxiety or like, uh, I know, I know the kind of responses that I'm going to get from this as he was saying it, but he didn't back down. He went on to say, uh, there are a lot of people here who are burdened, brokenhearted, and have been beaten down by, by life. I'm here to tell you, for those of you who've lost hope, there's a very real God who loves you more than you will ever possibly know. His promise is peace, and my testimony is my healing. Uh, he ended his speech by saying, remember, forgive quickly, love freely, and walk courageously. Man, it really reminds me of Chris Pratt's comments, to be honest with you. And I think Chris Pratt might have said them at that same award show, right? Was it? Is it yeah. the same award or, or not the same award show? I don't know. I, I can't keep track of all the award shows. Yeah, his was the MTV, but it, it was the okay. MTV Movie Awards. But they're all part of the same parent company. Right, okay. Right, all right. Yeah. Similar. So what what's their response been to these comments? Has there been one? Has it been positive, negative? What's going on? So he has faced some criticism since sharing his faith. Some of it is really specifically is targeted to his connection with Bethel Church in Redding, California. Uh, some people in Hollywood have been critical of the church for its biblical view on sexuality, particularly given that Bassett has, at least in the past, identified as part of the LGBT community. Uh, so in response to that, he tweeted last month that he, quote, strongly condemns gay conversion therapy, but he didn't explain what that means in his mind. Uh, so it kind of read like maybe he's just saying that to to you know, protect himself. I don't know. Uh, and then he went on to say that what drew him to Christ was an invitation of love. Uh, he said this of visiting Bethel. I was unaware of some of their policies and beliefs, and I do not endorse all of them. My heart is for Christ and Christ alone. Uh, he has also, though, had a lot of Christians who are voicing support for him, even in the midst of some of these kind of confusing comments about sexuality. He, those Christians in the comments on Instagram have been encouraging their fellow believers to hey, be patient with him. He's only publicly been a Christian for three weeks, four weeks. Uh, you know, he may have been wrestling with it or kind of figuring it out prior to then, but that's the first time that he's publicly said anything. He's only 22 years old. Give him some space to kind of figure this stuff out as he's learning scripture, and hopefully he'll he'll surround himself by wise counsel, right, and people who can share truth with him. He hasn't talked about sexuality since coming uh, since coming out uh, mm. as a Christian. Um, so we'll see if that changes anything. The last time you made comments about sexuality was 2021. Um, so, you know, the, there there might be some shifts happening there, too, but he hasn't addressed it publicly. Yeah, I think I think what you said is spot on about praying for me. Mean, I can't imagine my early days of Christianity when I was fumbling through learning all of the um, tenets, all of all of the different um, virtues and values that you see throughout Scripture, and then trying to articulate that on a public stage nationally with all the media looking at you, and now with blogs and everybody and tweeting and writing things about everything you say, that's that is uh, a lot of pressure. And so, like you said, definitely need to be praying for him there. But what what is the uh, the history, sort of the background there? Yeah, so I mentioned Bethel a few minutes ago, and that was actually where it all started because he got baptized at a Bethel church service. He went there. He wasn't planning on being baptized. Obviously, he had been kind of figuring out his faith privately, went to this service, publicly decided to acknowledge, hey, I'm a believer. Uh, I've, I've come to Christ, and he chose to get uh, baptized, and he's been navigating that faith ever since. He's been posting on Twitter several Bible verses. He's been talking about it on his Instagram account, posting faith-based stuff, really kind of showing that he's he's exploring and trying to figure out what it what it actually means to be a Christian, which is a tough thing to do no matter who you are. But I think it's especially tough to do when you're in an industry that is so bent against 
what he's navigating, right? They're so hostile toward the faith that he's trying to adopt now as a, as a 22 year old guy who's pretty new in his career. Uh, It's a tough thing to do. So I think overall, this story is just a great reminder for us as Christians, rather than jumping the gun to be critical and saying, well, he's got this wrong. He's got that wrong. Realizing, Hey, I need to be first prayerful for him and others like him who are trying to navigate faith in a hostile culture. Yeah, and then also not to judge by whatever quotes you see because yeah. we all know the media just gives snippets a lot of times and you don't really know the depth of what someone believes and they might not want to just address certain things in public yet because maybe they don't feel like they can articulate it well or whatever the reason might be. It's it's always a bad idea to take a clip. I, I never, having seen some of these bad faith operators that they just make a complete living off of watching people, monitoring them, and then taking a little clip they know they can distort and throw out there as a headline to try to paint a picture or make somebody look like they've said something controversial. Never trust the clip. If you see something and it's a clip and it's 30 seconds or 20 seconds or a minute even, and you know it's part of a larger talk, you need to just take that quote with a grain of salt and watch the whole thing. You have to do it because otherwise you're relying on what that person summarizes in their headline as your viewpoint. Yeah. And I think to, you know, to your point, Trey, praying for people on this journey, because one, one thing that, I mean, I'm a big fan of sitting somebody down, saying the prayer of salvation, accepting Christ. But that prayer is like, I think a lot of times we stop there. It's like, oh, they said the prayer and that's it. It's like that. It's much deeper than that. And not everybody, there are people who are immediately delivered of any temptations or struggles they have. But a lot of people, it's a journey that they go on. Mm -hmm. It's not this one second thing where all those things are gone. And so you need to be praying for people as they journey through that. And I know some people might disagree with me on that, but I've known enough people who have gone through this, and I'm sure we all have, where it's just a different journey for everybody. So we got to be prayerful for sure. Well, and being prayerful that he meets with is encountered by some some people who are more seasoned in their faith, right? Who understand, look, you're new at navigating this. Let me help discipline you and disciple you through some of this, some of this stuff, because it's really difficult when you've got all of these voices in your head telling you, Hey, you can be a Christian and, and embrace LGBT lifestyles or be a Christian and do X, Y, and Z. Uh, And you have some Christians saying that, which makes it, that's even makes it cloudier, right? Because, okay, well, I've got some Christians telling me I can do this, others saying that I can't do this. How do I figure out and delineate truth from from fiction? So I think just praying that he finds those wise people uh, is important. Right. And and aside from everything, the, the the spirit and the word will convict you of sin. So you don't need to like list off and rattle off all the different sins. So, I mean, the main thing that we would pray for all new believers is that they understand that we're all sinners and that we are in need of a savior. That, that is the main thing that you need to know. And that Jesus is that savior and that he died on the cross for you. So that, uh, that is what you hope people come away with and not just like some other thing like, well, Jesus seemed like a nice teacher, you know, or whatever. I'm not saying he, he said this, but I'm just speaking in general. Uh, you want people to at least have that recognition. And then as they explore scripture and they read the word for themselves, the spirit will convict them on different things and areas in their life that are, that are sin. And you can let God do that work. But, um, but nevertheless, it's uh, it's good to see somebody. We, we like to chronicle it because it's good to see people out in, in some really dark corners of the world 
namely Hollywood, actually coming to faith. It's great to see. So thanks for sharing that one. We're going to head to the main thing now. And back to the COVID lab leak theory that we were talking about earlier in the podcast. People were trying to figure out earlier on in the days of COVID when it first hit, first months, first year, how did this happen? And you, in the early days, could not question or even insinuate that maybe it was this lab in China that had an accident and were careless and did something wrong and allowed that virus to get out of where they were testing uh, different variants and things of that nature. Couldn't even couldn't even ask it. Potentially get suspended. Called a conspiracy theorist. The media would crack down on anybody talking about it as and call them a conspiracy theorist, etc. So. How did that all happen? Why are they backtracking now? Well, CBN's Dale Hurd reports on that and more on today's Main Thing. The Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic published emails Sunday in which Dr. Christian Anderson reportedly admits that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, prompted him to write a scientific paper on the origins of COVID-19 with the goal of disproving the theory the virus escaped from a laboratory in China and instead may have come from a so-called wet market where exotic animals are sold. The fundamental question is, why was Dr. Fauci so consumed with making sure the narrative wasn't about the lab? I think it's because they were doing gain-of-function research there. He didn't want that out. The Energy Department and the FBI now believe the lab leak theory to be true. The mainstream media claimed that the idea that COVID-19 originated in the Wuhan Institute of Virology had been debunked and was a conspiracy theory. Social media platforms labeled the lab leak theory misinformation and even censored it. Former CNN boss Jeff Zucker reportedly called the lab leak theory a Trump talking point and told reporters not to pursue it. The New York Times science reporter tweeted that the lab leak theory has racist roots. The Washington Post Josh Rogan now admits the media suppressed the lab leak theory in part because of TDS, which stands for Trump derangement syndrome, opposing the lab leak theory simply because President Trump supported it. ABC's John Carl says the media now has egg on its face. Look, some things may be true even if Donald Trump said them. And we have the media and Democrats acting like defense attorneys for the Chinese instead of helping get to the bottom of what actually happened. Republican Senator Ted Cruz has called for Dr. Anthony Fauci to face perjury charges for lying under oath to Congress about the origins of COVID-19. Ted Galen Carpenter writes that the media censorship of the lab leak theory has had serious fallout. I think it should be an object lesson about the uh, slippery slope of disinformation as a concept, how it can be used to stifle badly needed debates. In a recent interview, Dr. Anthony Fauci said we may not ever know where the virus came from. Now more answers could be forthcoming after the Senate voted unanimously to declassify intelligence on COVID-19's origin. Dale Hurd, CBN News. Well, there's a long list of disinformation campaigns, and you get behind that long list and you see politics in action. 
So, uh, was there Russian collusion between the Trump campaign uh, and the Russian government? Well, it's now been completely debunked. But the, the two-year nightmare that the nation went through uh, in order to get to that place where it's been debunked. Then you have the New York Times saying that uh, President Trump knew about a Russian bounty on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Well, now that turns out to be completely bogus. There was no truth to it at all. Then the Wuhan, Wuhan lab. Now, you have a history here. The history is we funded that lab, which is just amazing. When most Americans hear that, they go, you've got to be kidding. But under the Obama administration, Fauci being involved, $3.5 million of U.S. taxpayers' money went into the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study SARS. And they went into bat caves to harvest these exotic viruses, and they brought them out into the sun and took them all the way to Wuhan. So when a virus that's related to a bat virus gets out into the open, uh, everybody says, well, it's got to be the wet market problem. Uh, that's where SARS originated, so it's, it's got to be that. And that don't pay attention to this Wuhan Institute of Virology. At the same time, we're ignoring that there were lab leaks in similar labs in Beijing. We were no ignoring a French report that the Wuhan Institute had lax standards. We ignored it all, and I think we did it for politics, that somehow if the virus was uh, some weaponized thing, a gain of function uh, by the Chinese military infiltrating, taking over that Wuhan lab in order to develop weapons, uh, that somehow taxpayer money being involved, that that would benefit President Trump in an election. And that's what we're dealing with. And it seems to be a coordinated effort among private companies that control media platforms, as well as political campaigns, as well as government employees. So will we ever get to the bottom of it? I don't know. Will Fauci actually uh, face charges for perjury? I don't know. Uh, but it just, we're into a, a place, can you trust anything? Can you trust what Congress is telling you? Can you t trust what government employees who are supposed to tell us the truth and this is what's really happening? Can we trust media? And I think for all of us, we're saying, no, not anymore. I mean, you can fool me once, but when you do it the second, third, fourth, fifth time, uh, you know, it's shame on me if I still believe you. All right, Dale, appreciate you breaking all of that down here on the podcast today. And that leaves us with time for one last thing. Hebrews 1, 1. I, I love this verse because it really looks at how God interacts and speaks to humanity, you know, throughout history and today. It says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. There's so much there, like the universe being made through Christ, right? And, you know, Christ being the head of all things. But, you know, obviously understanding the Old Testament and how our ancestors were communicated with and knowing that Jesus needs to be first as the authority on everything in our lives. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. And, uh, and it kind of reminds me, I was just thinking as well as we're going through the Old Testament that God you can see kind of shifts in how he communicates to us exactly like it's saying here early on. I mean, he's just speaking directly to Moses, 
um, to the Israelites. They're just, I mean, you see the pillar of cloud. I mean, you're just seeing all these things. And then as that transitions and the, the kingdom gets divided, etc., then it's more through the prophets and a little more indirectly. And then, then we get Christ and, and uh, I mean, there's no real, I'm not make, drawing any point about how or why. It's just interesting to look at how God communicates us through the different eras. Yeah. And I think it also, it just so poignantly um, shows why Christianity is so offensive to our culture, right? And to human nature, uh, that there is an exclusive path to heaven, that mm. there's only one way yeah. there. There's only one way for right relationship with God. And it's through Christ. When we have a culture that's so often telling us, you can do whatever you want to follow whatever path you want. Uh, and that'll lead you down the direction that you need to go. See, everything is me focused and, and me centered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when in reality, everything is about Christ and our decision, you know, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit to surrender to him. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Good, good spot to leave it here on this uh, Friday. Junior, we've made it. You have the whole day ahead of you still, but we've made it. And uh, a weekend is quickly approaching. But uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Thursday. And as always, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.